Nightmarica is an independently produced podcast. If you like what we are doing, please consider leaving a review at Apple Podcasts and showing us your support at patreon.com slash Aaron Sagers. Welcome to Nightmarica, a podcast that takes you on a tour of the abnormal, paranormal, weirdly true, and truly weird in every corner across this nation. Because whether it's ghosts, aliens, monsters, or monstrous humans, there's something strange in your neighborhood. Episode 50, Murder by Bigfoot, with Joshua Rofay. Ahoy, hoy, Nightmaricans! Welcome to another episode. I am, of course, your host, Aaron Sagers, journalist, researcher of the weird, and as seen on Paranormal, caught on camera on Travel Channel and Discovery+. Plus. So, Sasquatch. It's a three-part documentary series. It is premiering on Hulu on April 20th, and I'm going to let him set up the story, but I will say that this documentary it is violent, it is surreal, it gets pretty dark at time, and it covers the territories of monsters and men, and sometimes those two things are one and the same. And it really goes in directions, it's not what you think it is going to be, some really surprising directions. So this gentleman... He is the director and executive producer of the four-part Amazon Prime series, documentary series, Lorena, which I would highly recommend is about uh, Lorena Bobbitt. Of course, we famously know her story, but this gets to the truth of the story. So I would highly recommend that. And that premiered at the 2019 Sundance Film Festival, received a Best Multi-Part Documentary uh, series nomination for the 2019 International Documentary Association Awards. And he also, in addition to doing Sasquatch for Hulu, he is currently directing and producing a documentary feature for Netflix. And he has previously directed and produced two documentary series, Lost for Life and Swift Current. And without further ado, let me bring him in. Uh, his name is Director of Sasquatch on Hulu, Joshua Rofe. Josh, thanks so much Thank for joining. You. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah. And again, let me just start by saying uh, Lorena really was such a powerful documentary. And and it's interesting. There's almost some weird parallels here because you take something that you assume people know a lot about, but they really only know part of the story. And the other part is incredibly fascinating and mind blowing. Has that sort of been a parallel you've you've already uh, talked about with, between these two works? Yeah, it, it's it's uh, it's interesting. My producing partner, uh, his name's Steven Berger. We we do everything together, and. We, we sort of started to realize in the last couple of years that our MO is to, um, I, I'm not, I don't want to say this that, and, and say that we're, you know, completely married to, to this, but we've sort of realized that our MO is, oh, we like a story that is about a household name, uh, uh, you know, a, a word that is just part of, you know, your common vernacular, um, Lorena Bobbitt, Sasquatch. Um, I won't say the, the next thing that I have coming out, but it's the, it's, a, it's a similar situation where you come in with a totally preconceived notion. Um, 
And by the end of it, hopefully, uh, you will never think of that name or that word the same way again. Um, we, we, we like the idea of, of attempting to do that, uh, for sure. Yeah. And, well, you know, I have the official plot synopsis of, of uh, Sasquatch, but instead I would rather just hear it from you. Can you just sort of set up this story in your own words, and what is the journey that the viewer is going to go on over the course of these three parts? Sure. So uh, the, the main protagonist in, in, in this doc, uh, his name is David Holthouse. He's, he's, uh, he's also one of the executive producers of this show, um, and he, he's been a— a, a colleague of mine on my docs uh, for the last few years. And David's been an investigative journalist for the last 25 years. And even a step beyond that, uh, a gonzo journalist. And when he was uh, 23 years old and a young gonzo journalist tr really learning the hard way that not everybody gets to be Hunter S. Thompson, uh, he'd been really burning it at both ends. And he'd gotten crosswise with some some gangs he was writing a story about. and he needed to he needed to leave uh, his his circumstances at the time. Anchorage, Alaska, was where he was living, and he was talking to a buddy of his who was working on a cannabis farm in Northern California. And this is in the fall of 1993. And his buddy said, "Why don't you just come out here, spend a week? You're going to smoke amazing weed." You can take mushrooms and go trip in the forest. I promise when you return to Anchorage, you will be refreshed. And so, of course, that sounds great to 23-year-old gonzo journalist David. And he heads out there. And when he arrives there, it's uh, keep in mind, it's pouring rain for almost his entire stay. And he gets to the, the cannabis farm where his buddy's working. And you can cut through the tension with a knife. And people are setting up booby traps on the perimeter of the farm. And there are all these whispers of violent Sasquatch in the area. And he's, he hasn't even gotten high yet. And he doesn't, he's just thinking, you know, what am, what am I in? And cut to a couple nights later, he's in the A-frame cabin on the property that's owned by the owner of the farm. And they're passing around a joint. They're watching Monday Night Football. And the phone rings. Farm owner picks up the phone, mumbles a few things to somebody on the other end of the line, hangs it back up. About 15 minutes later, keep in mind, it's pouring rain, it's night, you know, there's no street lights, you're in the middle of the forest. Headlights of a car come through the front windows. And these two guys get out of the car. Farm owner lets them in. These guys, they are, they are, they are terrified, they are traumatized, they're completely out of their minds. And what they are relaying to the farm owner is that they have just come from the scene of a triple homicide where the victims were literally torn limb from limb and every eyewitness has the same account. And that was that either a Sasquatch or multiple Sasquatch have come out of the woods and tore these guys to pieces. Um, so that, that, that's, that's the setup. Um, and that is the story that David never forgot. And as a, as a serious journalist, he was almost, it was almost too crazy to, not almost, he felt it was too crazy to pursue. Um, and years later, sort of sparked by a conversation that we were having, um, you know, we decided to pursue this story and n not figure out whether or not Bigfoot exists. 
but really just try to find the the source of 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 this story just searching for the the sort of the source of the story um is the the sort of first steps that that he then takes um and i know we're going to get into more but you know we 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 didn't know we were signing up for something so dark uh and so dangerous frankly and this idea of sasquatch and and you pretty much reveal it right up in the the, the top of the first episode first chapter that David hasn't really told this story. This this is the guy that can go to any bar around the world, tell when someone says, I've got a crazy story for you. He could probably one up that because he has plenty of just insane stories of his own. But this is one that he kept in his back pocket. He didn't really talk about. It was your, I don't know if you would say pre-existing fascination with Sasquatch or just your, I can tell you exactly how how it started. So um, keep in mind, I, I grew up in in New Jersey, and you know when I was a kid, and, and you know we'd go to day camp in the summer, and it was it was in the Pine Barrens, and and we were well aware of. It's funny because I just rewatched the Sopranos Pine Barrens episode last night, actually. Um, great episode too. Oh, it's my, it's my favorite. Yeah, um, but uh, you know we were well aware of the Jersey Devil, and you know I grew up terrified of the Jersey Devil, and you know the times when the counselors would take you to you know, it'd be like, you know, you'd have one or two sleepovers a summer, right? And where where you're camping out and they take you to the old canteen, which is just, you know, it's an abandoned shed, you know, but um, you think as a nine-year-old that that is where the Jersey Devil, you know, resides. And then you sort of, you grow up and move and sort of never think about that again, maybe, but it's, it's, it's like still in your, your being. And so cut to um, February, 2018. I'm making Lorena, and I, I have dinner with a buddy of mine. His name's Zach Kreger. He's 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 one of the exec producers on this show. Um, his parting words to me are, "By the way, you got to listen to this podcast. Uh, you're either going to love it or you're going to think I'm crazy for loving it. And it's called Sasquatch Chronicles. And immediately, I just I just I just had no interest. I've uh, I, I I was not you know despite what what I had been sort of terrified as, you know, over as a kid with the, the Jersey devil cryptids were just at, you know, at that moment in time, they were not something that I, that I gave much thought to. And, uh, he said, just, just listen. And what Sasquatch Chronicles is, is it's, it's people calling up with their encounter stories. Um, and so the next day I, I listened to one episode. I listened to my first episode by the end of four days later, I'd listened to 11 episodes and, I was not hung up on whether or not I believe the details of the stories or, you know, that, that was sort of irrelevant to me. What I was immediately taken by and, and, and really overwhelmed by was I sensed authentic visceral fear as the through line, uh, uh, you know, with every story from every caller. And so I started to, uh, I started to just have this conversation with myself where I was, it was, am I going to make a Sasquatch something? I, I, I can't make a Sasquatch. I make social issue documentaries. This is my collaborators are going to laugh at me. I, and then, and then I got to this point at the end of the week where I said, I'm making, I'm going to make a a Sasquatch centric story. I don't know if it's a doc. I don't know if it's scripted, but, but, but this, this is amazing. And, and, uh, and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to do something. And so keep in mind, David Holthouse, 
was working on Lorena with me at the time. Um, and I knew that, you know, his experience as a Gonzo, Gonzo journalist, he had, he had kind of seen and done a lot of crazy things. Um, and so I sent him a text and I just said, hey, I promise this is the craziest text I'm going to send you for the next five years. I want to find a murder mystery that's somehow wrapped up in a Sasquatch story and pursue it as the next project. He, he texted me right back. He said, I love it. I got one. I'll call you in five. And then he proceeded to tell me that story from 1993. Um, and then, and here we are. And I mean, look, I mean, just sort of my background. I mean, I started in newsrooms. I started as a reporter. I've always been fascinated in folklore and whatnot. And I still have opinions about some of this stuff. It's become part of my career. But really, the most important, most interesting thing to me are the stories. Because of the people that experience these things, much like in the podcast, the Sasquatch Chronicles, the people believe and that power of belief is can be a, a, a it can be quite powerful. It can make quite an impact on someone's life. Now, let me before you get too far, I do kind of want to for anyone that doesn't know David kind of get a little bit more look at him, because some people that might approach this topic might dismiss this subject matter as, oh, guys looking for Sasquatch. This is just the the territory of crackpots. I don't think that. But I do think it's important to give us a little more perspective on David. And with that, I would like to show this clip from Hulu's three-part Sasquatch documentary that's premiering on April 20th. So let's roll this clip. As an investigative journalist, I believe that the truth is never told in nine to five hours. I realized pretty early on in my career that I had a knack for immersing myself in different worlds. Embedding with Chicano street gangs on both sides of a turf war, running dope with drug mules, staying up for 72 hours with crystal meth heads, going undercover as a neo-Nazi skinhead, that kind of Those are the kind of stories I went after and how I went after them. Stalking monsters was a recurring theme for me. If I decided you were a monster, I was coming for you, and nothing was going to turn me aside. You were done. I've borne witness to a lot of crazy stories, but the one about a Sasquatch wasting three dudes in dope country is bar none the craziest, all right? And for a quarter century and then some, I've just been carrying it with me, keeping it close. It's not my nature to just set it down and walk away and forget about it. Because, sure, maybe it's just a ghost story. Maybe there's nothing to it. Or maybe somebody got away with murder, and maybe I can find out who and how and why. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So suffice to say, David as a journalist is a real, is the real deal. This is a guy that, like you said, pursues monsters. He's been into some really heavy situations. So this is not someone that is just known for... I mean, maybe Gonzo, but not 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 crackpot territory. Uh, but I, I, I was no, sorry. Go ahead. Go on, please. I, I was just going to say that what was what was um, you know I told you when I was first thinking I, I I am going to do a Sasquatch something. I immediately became um, a, a obsessed with with everything I was hearing and reading about the culture. You know, before even talking to David. And, you know, I expressed to you, you, you know, you think, you know, like serious doc background, right? And, and, you know, these very serious, heavy social issues and my collaborators who've been, you know, doing it longer than me, you know, same thing. When I told them, this is what the next project is that I'm doing, <laughs> sign me up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Was the response. They they were so fascinated. They They didn't, nobody had that response that I sort of was afraid of, which was like, uh, you know, write, writing it off as, as something that's not rooted in in reality or whatever it is. They immediately thought it was fascinating. They they thought there was something so profound about um, a belief um, and a relaying of an experience that 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 somebody um, claims to have had that you know can emanate you know visceral fear. Um, I, they thought it was one of the most fascinating things that they'd ever heard. Um, so that was uh which 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 was awesome and then you can see david um and i mean he he's a he's a dead serious he's a heavy dude you know what i mean he's he's serious well and you you do before i get to the emerald triangle stuff you do frame this story it, yes it is a, a murder investigation of sorts but it's also and an exploration of this outlaw territory but you do begin with these interviews with people from that sasquatch community the squatchers uh bobo fay from previously from finding bigfoot the tv show and dr jeff meldrum and bob gimlin why did you find it was necessary to include them because you could just have gone straight to uh, the, the, the territory where this area, where this murder took place, these murders took place. Why start out by laying the groundwork with these squatchers? I mean, I, I, I really, in, in, in an attempt to, I felt like if we were going to, and David felt, you know, felt like we all did. If we were going to try and figure out what happened with this, uh, you know, this Sasquatch murder mystery, we, we needed to start at ground zero. Um, 
And in, in ground zero, in, in many ways, was well. Let's let's understand Bigfoot culture. Let's understand the the history of Bigfoot. And so, talking to people who um, you know can explain that, um, and you know, you know, very credibly, particularly in 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 the Bigfoot community, um, and also talking to people who, when they're telling you about their experience, um, they could be telling you about something else that, you know, could be on, you know, the, the evening news. Um, they're telling you about their Sasquatch experience. It, it feels authentic. You don't, you never for a second think, oh, this person's putting me on. Um, you know that they believe what, what they're telling you. And so I, in many ways, I wanted, I wanted people who, I know people who are, who are into cryptids w- would not question that. But I, w- I wanted everybody else to understand what what I felt, mm-hmm. which was that visceral fear that this is the experience I had, and sure nobody nobody has to believe me, but I but I know what I felt, and you know there's there's a former cop in this um, who when he relays his experience, he I mean he, he is a he is a, the, this grown man is about to cry, he is he is terrified just recalling it, and it's. It's very tough to dismiss that, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's and it's a, a powerful moment. It's very clearly this guy is reliving trauma as he's telling you this story. You know, I I'm not gonna ask you as the filmmaker what you believe and with all due respect, I almost feel like it doesn't matter. But it's, I, I appreciate that and I agree with that. But I am I am curious when these people are making these points as to Dr. Meldrum is making these points about Bigfoot, the existence of a, you know, this bipedal primate out there, at least on some level, were you thinking at any point, like, well, damn, this, this is actually compelling stuff. Like they are making some pretty compelling arguments. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, you know, um, Dr. Meldrum is a, you know, he's a, he's a professor at, at, you know, at a university. I mean, he's, you know, He's sure. not an online doctor. He didn't get that no, I mean, PhD online. <laughs> yeah, we're we're not showing up to his shed. We're showing up to a you know a college campus, and 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 going you know and and going up into his office. Um, and you know to 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 hear a person um who has you know you know who is a professor who has truly studied this um you know sort of break it down the the way he does. It's it's compelling. It really is. Even even for I mean I I've had plenty of non-believers um, see the show, and and they they found him to be they found him to be really credible and and, and really compelling. Um, and uh, you know we're not out to convince anybody one way or the other. That that's irrelevant. And you know you know because you've seen it. That's not what the show is about. Um, but. Uh, it's pretty cool when somebody who is just a no way on, on Bigfoot start starts to even have something creep in because they've, because they're just listening to somebody that they think is saying something that you just can't dismiss. When you're, when you're making a film, when you're reporting and you're talking to criminals or people who are trying to overcome addiction or struggling with addiction, people wanting to stay off the grid. These are people that typically it's a hard it's a hard task getting them to open up and then talking to them about a 
Bigfoot murder, a triple homicide committed by a legendary creature, that kind of makes things a little bit more challenging. Just walk us through some of the unique challenges that you faced as you head into this this Mendocino area and you start trying to hunt down this story. Yeah, I mean, first of all, I will say all of the credit for that goes to David Holthouse. That that that's 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 his work. That's that's his reporting. That's his um, you know skillful and relentless developing of sources um, and. And frankly, putting himself in really dangerous situations when when there was no camera present to to even gain, um, I shouldn't say gain, attempt to gain access. Um, there was no, there was certainly no promise of anything. Um, so that 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 that's all, David. Um, in terms of that, and you know, and obviously we were there to to document what was going on, um, and of course, you know, bounce ideas off of and and try and make sense of things, but. You know that's David's skill set that uh, that got those the, those folks to to talk. Um, what I can tell you is that there were there'd be moments where we would be we would be up there in Northern California, and maybe the next day was an interview um, with, uh, with with a squatcher. Um, a, you know, certainly not not somebody in you know the the, the criminal underworld in any way, shape, or form, and. You know, we had this interview the next day, and you know, you leave the hotel eight a.m. Get to somebody's place, and David that night before uh, was going to meet a potential source, very much from that that underworld. And here's where I'm going to be. If you don't hear from me by this time, you know, <laughs> that's bad. Um, and you're just sitting there, and it's you know, I mean, I remember just sitting wide awake till, you know, two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning, um, you know, tr- just waiting for that text message. I'm out. I'm, I'm, I'm safe. I'm heading back to the hotel. I'm good. Um, so there, there was a lot of that. Um, and then there was a lot of when we were in the places that we were, um, sort of being overcome with this feeling of we, we, we better not overstay our welcome, uh, because we're not welcome here to begin with essentially. And so that 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 was a that was a new experience. I'd, I'd never had that. Um, I'd never had that before. Uh, pardon me for going full nerd here, but Please. there is this. You're uh, the right guy, actually. All right. Well, good because in you know Batman famously said yeah. that criminals are a cowardly and superstitious lot, and maybe the cowardly part is up for debate depending on your perspective, but are they prone to superstition? Where the, do you think that, what is it about the remoteness of these people, the work that they're doing that makes them a little bit more prone to believing in something as legendary as Sasquatch. And, and you also, there is a, a brief, one of the actual brief humorous kind of moments where someone even mentions aliens in, in the course of a, a David's phone call. But what is it about that that makes them prone to that superstition? And do you think they legit, some of these folks up there legit do believe in the existence of Sasquatch? I'll answer that one first. Absolutely. There, there are a ton of people up there who believe in, in, in the existence of Sasquatch. And, and they would base that on, on experiences that, that, that they you know will tell you they've had. Um, there's a line that David has in the show where he talks about um, the... Uh, you know, the sort of the belief in the supernatural 
up there, meaning Northern California, deep in those woods, that the belief in the supernatural is running on a higher vibration up there. Um, I'm misquoting him, but that's more or less what he's saying. Uh, it's running at a higher vibration than it is than it is anywhere else in, in the country that, that than he's ever been. And you know, there's a line at some point later in the show in, in episode two where a former cannabis grower is talking about how he knew people who um, they basically went into the woods and and became feral. They stayed there too long. And, um, you know, if, I think if you're in those woods long enough, your, your perception of, um, of sight, of sound, um, I, I think it changes. Um, and God, if you, if you spend years out there, you're gonna, you're just gonna have a different experience than, uh, than a person who just came from, you know, the Apple store and they're, they're just going camping for the weekend, um, in the redwoods. You, you definitely, as you start poking around this, this underworld, we learn of some people caught up in some really horrible things or potentially horrible things. And, you know, you said that you hadn't really previously experienced this kind of threat of danger with your work was this something that David tried to prep you for? Like, what did he say as it like, look, we're entering a whole new world here, you know, be, you know, we must be cautious. Uh, how did, how did he prep you for that? It, it was, it was more conversations um, sort of as a group of, do we need security? You know, it's uh, you know, listen, Hulu's giving us this money to make this show because we, we, to, we told them this story that, that uh, that that obviously they believed in, you know, that we could go and and, and make a compelling series. Um, if all if if one of us turns up dead, that that's not good for Hulu, and they're not going to be, you know, no, it's not good for anybody. Bad for business, um, yeah, yeah, it's bad, it's bad for business. Um, and so there there was the actually, you know what? I haven't thought about this since since it happened. We looked into hiring security. Nobody would go. Um, Nobody would go, and they they and God, I, it was something more or less like, if it's going to go down, it's going to go down. Yeah, <laughs> you know we're you know it's uh, it was it was we got some weird responses, um, but I mean we. Uh, I mean, you do attempt to. I mean, and, and, and I don't want to. We, we would we would tread light. I, yeah, I don't I don't remember David, you know, pr- prepping us so much as those conversations as a group. Um, uh, but, uh, I think everybody just, everybody just understood. Um, and I think, you know, a, a, a big rule for, for, for me personally and my, and my, my crews when we're, when we're shooting docs is, you know, we're a guest and somebody's letting us in their home. Um, man, I don't care if you have the same, uh, if you have, you know, totally different political beliefs, I don't care what, like someone's letting us in their home. It's like, please and thank you and, 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 you know, and take your shoes off and be respectful, you know? Um, and, and that's, uh, take your shoes off. That That's a very New Jersey thing. They make you take your shoes off. Before you come <laughs> but it's, uh, you know, and, and, and it was, so it was kind of that on steroids for this, which is, <laughs> oh, and somebody might have an AR-15 in the bedroom. So, uh, <laughs> you know, everybody just <laughs> behave yourself. 
Nightmerica is brought to you by the Smell of Fear Candle Co. I love the way a candle can change the entire vibe and character of a room, and Smell of Fear brings a lot of literary and film characters to a room. These scents are inspired by characters and settings from stories and history. For example, there is the Telltale Heart Candle from the Essence of Poe collection, and that smells like the infamous oak floorboards with just a hint of tobacco that I imagine the crazed narrator of that story was frantically smoking. I also dig the Gonna Need a Bigger Boat candle from the Cinematic Sense Collection. Jaws is one of my favorite movies, and this candle, it puts me right in the action. It smells like salty sea air with the wood of an old fishing boat and just a hint of whiskey that Quint was most certainly knocking back. In fact, I was just burning the Gonna Need a Bigger Boat candle last night as I was reading a book, and it really just set the scene for me. Okay, I'm a paranormal a researcher and journalist, and I have to I have to say that I love the Sasquatch candle, obviously, from the Cryptid collection. No, it, it does not smell like that stinky beast we all love, but instead it is inspired by the heavily forested areas in the Northwest that Bigfoot is said to roam, with hints of redwoods, cedar, pine, and earth. Other collections include the literary redolence or televised temptations. There is also the whiff of King. Think of Stephen King. So with more than 80 candles and counting, Smell of Fear Candle Co. has you covered, and they have new candles released monthly. For instance, there is the Beware the Crimson Peak. That is a new scent that smells like earthy red clay. And I love the TV show, What We Do in the Shadows, and that theme song, You're Dead, it gets stuck in my brain all the time. So there is the You're Dead candle, which is an homage to What We Do in the Shadows, and it smells like red currant, and there is also the Spellman candle from Inspired by the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, and that has a classic dragon's blood scent. So these candles are a coconut soy blend with no paraffin, so they are eco-friendly. They're organic, renewable, sustainable, minimal environmental impact. They're also clean burning, and there is almost zero soot in comparison to other types of wax candles. I also like the fact that they are slow burning, and they have this fantastic scent throw. It fills an entire room, and it's nice that they're not made with nasty chemicals. So these candles are available in several shapes and sizes, as well as in different wax melts. Plus, Smell of Fear Candle Co. donates a portion of profit to various nonprofit organizations monthly. Past donations have gone to COVID relief funds and pet rescue organizations. And that's, that's just really nice. I like supporting a company that supports others. Finally, with the code NIGHTMERICA, you can get 15% off your order at thesmelloffear.com. Again, code NIGHTMERICA for 15% off. So check them out, Smell of Fear Candle Co. They make good sense. I, I, and it's, it's like there's these different leaps that, that you ask your viewers to take or maybe that are revealed through the course of the show. And the, you know, the title is Sasquatch, but the, the, the thing that seems like 
maybe the hardest to believe initially is that all these hippies that went up into Northern California and they just went to grow weed that you think, oh, well, okay, that shouldn't be such a a problem. There shouldn't be, these aren't mean people. These are just like hippies that have gotten older and they're growing weed. Right. Were you, was that like something that (laughs) you thought you had a concept of until you were in the mix of, I'm just kind of wrapping my head around this reality because it's like, oh yeah, Sasquatch might be out there. Okay. Maybe believe it. Maybe you think it's, you know, just a load of bull, but oh yeah. Hippies that are growing weed and, uh, but, you know, ready to kill off anyone that that is uh, an interloper. That's a whole other whole other matter. I mean, you see where I'm getting to here? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we, yeah we, we, we when we started this, we were it was it was the Sasquatch murder mystery that we were chasing. And then David starts to have his first conversations and everybody he says that everybody that he's talking to says, you know, you know, oh, by the way here's what it was like in the eighties and, and then leading into the early nineties. When you were here, it was the full on militarization of the war on drugs. And there were helicopters that were coming down. Families were being terrorized. Um, it, it was an absolute war zone. And it, you know, the, 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 they were just, you know, burning up these, uh, you know, these weed farms um, that fr- frankly just, sort of, you know, harmless families, uh, you know, had a lot of them, um, not people that, you know, you would think of in terms of, you know, like whatever the, you know, the, you know, the drug world or, you know, whatever your concept of that, that was not necessarily what was, what was going on up there, uh, for a lot of it. And so once that happened, people who were, you know, we're all built differently, right? People who were not built for, war with 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 the government um war with you know essentially our own military um and law enforcement they left they went back to san francisco they went to oakland and you know they basically they left the woods and they went back to the city and then there are the people who are built for that sort of thing um and the, you know they will double and quadruple down um if if tested and those people um they went deeper into the woods they became more dangerous. And like I mentioned earlier, um, according to people who, who, who knew some of them, you know, very well, as the years went on, they became feral. And um, that was in many ways what we are now stepping into. People who had been so disconnected from, uh, you know, sort of regular, uh, you know, straight-laced society, um, for, for decades. Um, and, and, and the answers to our, our sort of original question of what happened, uh, the day that these people claim that a Sasquatch murdered these people. Well, some of those people were going to potentially hold the answers. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't know how much more I should. Uh, no, say. no. And, and that was good. And I apologize because it, it was sort no, of no, a stream no. of consciousness thought. Cause I'm like, this is just freaking crazy bigfoot aside this is just crazy that was this other element yeah it's like there's bigfoot and then there's this other element and frankly when you were up there they were both terrifying yeah you do have the interview subject ghost dance i believe is his name and this is a guy that is a great 
subject because he's he provides insight, he can give you all the context, but he also seems to have this fearlessness where he's willing to just pass along contacts and, and connect right. you guys and everything. Is there anything more about his story as far as why in a world that he had left, but a world that posed such threat, why he seemed to be so fearless and willing to dish? Yeah, I, 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 I truly I don't know the answer to that question. I'm, I'm afraid to, 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 to really comment on that. Um, but uh, I will say that I, I'm always surprised um, by how much people are, are willing to say. Um, yeah. I, I really am. Um, I, you know, he's a fascinating character, um, as, you, as you said. And he, he, he's actually he's one of these guys where he's, he's literally an expert grower. So if you if your crop for the season has, you know, mold or fungus, He's the guy that you, you bring him in, and he's going to save your he's going to save your season of uh, you know your uh, you know of, of growing. Um, he really is a legendary figure in that community, um, and uh, yeah, he's he he said he said he said some wild things. He said some yeah. wild things. Yeah. Well, I won't push you too much more on that, but he's no, no, a no, great. I, I, I appreciate it. He's a great he, interview he's subject. Weird, man. Every, everybody, and you know, I mean, you you know what we bleeped out you know, at various points in, in, in the show. And if any tiptoeing I'm doing, it's not, it, it's not for the sake of spoilers, <laughs> you know, um, it's for something, you know, it's for things that are much more sort of serious. Um, and it, 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 there's just there's there's a, a stuff that, that has gone into in this show. Yeah. It requires uh, some delicate, uh, yeah. footsteps around the matter. Well, uh, let me backtrack a little bit to yeah, the yeah. hardcore Bigfoot stuff, the Sasquatch yeah. stuff, because you, uh, and again, perhaps as a storyteller, you probably don't want to take sides, but you do talk to Bob Gimlin of the famous Patterson Gimlin footage, the, the famous Bigfoot footage. Legend. legend. He's a legend. As well as Bob Hieronymus, who... Right who claims that he was the guy in a Bigfoot suit. Gimlin mm-hmm. stands by. It was not fake. He didn't know what he's, uh, the, they didn't fake it. Did you kind of walk away finding one or the other slightly more reliable, slightly more, did the needle tick either way, as much as you're willing to say again, as an objective storyteller? Ooh, I don't want to answer this one. Um, I will say Bob Gimlin yeah. is just like, since the guy started doing interviews again, he's, he's such a, a hell of a compelling character. Like, I, 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 I think both, I think there are going to be people who are going to believe both of these guys. Um, I, I don't mean both of them at the same time. I mean, I believe him or I believe him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that these guys are in their eighties now, right? And they they sort of have we're we're going into very mild spoilers, but it's like it's 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 a, it's, a, it's, it, it's it's one of my favorite things in the show actually. Um, there's a real rivalry um, that is clearly decades old between the two of them, um, and they're all and it turns out they also live down the street from each other, um, which is amazing. And uh, you know they <laughs> basically you got these two guys in their eighties who. Uh, they, they absolutely hate each other. Um, 
And and the reason they hate each other is because, you know, like you said, uh, one claims that 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 he was the one wearing the Bigfoot suit in the in the famous Patterson Gimlin film. And the other one says, there's no way in hell that that happened. And this thing that has defined my life was real. And, and I, I was there and I saw it. Um, and so, it, yeah, it's, it's it's a wild dynamic between the two of them, for sure. I mean, I'm uh, obviously I was familiar with both those names, but I didn't realize that they were essentially neighbors. And in this in this portion of of the episode, I was just like, look, Hulu, Josh, you guys got to lock this down as a scripted series, because I just want to (laughs) watch these two old cowboys in their 80s next door. It's like grumpy old Bigfoot men. It's it's it just I want to watch that story. No, they were. And, you know, you know, it was amazing. I mean. As sur- as surly as they get when they're you know when they can be talking about each other, they're both the nicest guys. Yeah, you know they're both the nicest guys. You, you know it's, uh, it's so welcoming, so thoughtful. Uh, you know B- Bob Gimlin is obviously he is the most famous person in in the Bigfoot community, and the humility that that man was so humble and he was he was so decent. Um, he you know we're in many ways we're asking him questions that he's been he's answered a million times before and you know i i me and uh some of my collaborators uh steven berger and and, and zach Kreger, i mentioned both of them earlier we went to the uh the international bigfoot conference in um i think it was august of 2019 okay. um up in kennewick washington and of course, you know, Bob Gimlin was there and, you know, constantly surrounded by people. And it's just the patience on, of, of that man, it, you know, to just to answer the same questions over and over again, really. Um, and, and his passion doesn't waver. It's, it, it's pretty remarkable. And as we run down on time, is there anything in this series that you could not include or had to cut for any reason? Uh, again, as much as you can say, yeah, without... yeah, yeah, yeah. The, um, the, the, the identities of certain people, mm. um, you know, the, the identities of certain people, this is, this is a show that, um, you know, I, I mean, you, you know, as a journalist, you, you have, um, you, you, you have confidential sources at, at, at times, um, and, you know, you identify them as such and, and David certainly had those uh, throughout this. There, there, are, there are confidential informants in this show who, you know, really sort of connected dots and were able to nudge David along to the next piece. You know, so there's times where it's you know on camera he really is hitting a wall, and then you're hearing this 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 phone call that he had with a confidential informant. And even though um, you're just hearing, you know, this thing that they're describing and it didn't we didn't capture it, you know, in, in front of our cameras, um, you know, for a, a host of reasons, um, you're now you're he, David's like back on track. Mm-hmm. And now that next thing is unfolding, you know, you know, in, in, in front of you um, in, in real time. And uh, yeah, it's. Uh, maybe. If I live to be an old man um, and the whole world doesn't implode and streamers are still a thing, um, maybe Hulu will let me and I would choose to uh, 
release a version of this <laughs> with, with with no identities concealed because <laughs> right. would uh, there, there's there, there there's something uh, you know there's a layer of danger uh, that you just had to you know sort of wisely toe the line of well and and it's also I I enjoyed that the way you did sort of show how David's mind as a journalist works and how he puts things together and takes clues out of conversations, because it's not something that's often shown effectively in, in, in films and, and not even really in documentaries a whole lot. So I did, I really commend you on that. You see how his, the, the gears are turning in his brain. He's, can I interject one thing, please. You know, when you're the director, you get all, you either get all the blame or all the credit. Um, and the blame, fine. You know, if if, if somebody doesn't like something, that that is what it is. But uh, you know, I don't. You know, I don't believe in this BS like auteur theory and all. It's like I'm literally part of a team, and and I'm only as I'm here as a represent a representative really of my collaborators and my sort of my um, some of my most key collaborators are my, my DP Ronan Killeen, who shot this. And knows knows where to put a camera, even even when I don't, you know. And uh, and my editors, um, Alan Duso, Azine Samari, and Morgan Hanner, and so much of the storytelling in docs it, it lives and dies in the editing room. Um, and so that that you're commenting on, uh, they deserve my editors especially so much credit for that. Well, let me, if if I may, just two yeah. final questions. Yeah. First off, you are telling. David's story as you're also pursuing this mysterious tale from the past. You guys are working as partners. You've worked before together. Was the vision always on the same page or did you as a director and him as the, the journalist, the researcher, were there times where you had to kind of perhaps push back or navigate that, that path to this final goal? Honestly, it, it organically just went the way it went. Um, we, we have we have a really I think we have a really seamless working relationship. And the same way, my editors are from Lorena as well, and and my DP and and my sound person and all you know all of that. And so David knew all of them, and and he trusted all of them. And so I think I think all of us having a you know a you know a, a several years long uh, history together just it, it, it created an environment where we even when we're when all, if all of us are lost we're lost on the same page when all of us know what we're doing we, we know what we're doing on the same page not that there's not a give and take but um it was there was never there was never some you know some big you know point where oh god i think this and, the, and he thinks this we we were it's so weird man you're just like in the thick of it thinking how how are we going to pull this off mm-hmm. <laughs> you know um and uh yeah it, it, working together really uh it, it just it just works well and and finally from yeah. that 9 year old kid camping in the pine barrens terrified yeah. of the jersey devil to now being on the other side of this three part documentary what what is your takeaway about the power of of legends i mean do 
ultimately doesn't even matter if if ghosts, aliens, or Sasquatch exists if people believe the boogeyman is real. What, what's what's your takeaway about the power of legends? Well, I, I, I think for, for me, I think it, it goes back to like you were saying with you know being a kid who was afraid in, camping in the Pine Barrens to then listening to those stories on Sasquatch Chronicles and hearing that visceral fear from these folks to then making this and being in those woods um, and, and feeling fear again. Um, I, I think, I think fear is a, is a very powerful tool. Um, and legends are often born out of, um, people feeling afraid, uh, or wanting to make others feel afraid, uh, you know, for specific reasons. Um, and, that that's that's where the real story lies i think a lot of times um i'm not coming down definitively on the existence of you know whatever or not but um people like to wield fear um you know in in the name of control and uh i i think that's where a lot of i think that's where a lot of legends um are are born um and i i think that's I, i personally find that endlessly fascinating there are so many amazing stories out there um that are rooted in, in in that exactly yeah well said and well sasquatch premieres on hulu april 20th so that's 420 interesting date for a scary documentary involving monsters and weed farms i i would imagine if anyone's going to indulge i don't i don't know if i would say uh, 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 I don't know what the order is because you could end up really paranoid after watching this documentary. It, it might make it better if if you ha- if you get really paranoid, um, you, you you're gonna have an, you're gonna have a crazy experience watching this. Either way, <laughs> that 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 might be uh, that might be too much. That's that's a headline right there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, use your own discretion. Yeah. Uh, all right, Josh Joshua Rofe, a director of Sasquatch, coming up on 4:20 on Hulu. Thank you, sir. It was a it's a pleasure talking to you, oh, and you for having me and for for helping to get the word out about the show. We we knew we were making something weird, and we didn't we really didn't know if people were going to be into it, and so it's really cool to. Uh, to 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 talk to somebody who is who who gets it so thank you thanks for listening please consider giving nightmareica a review on apple podcasts it really helps raise awareness and boost the show's rankings also give me a follow on social media at nightmareica on instagram and facebook and at aaron sagers on instagram and twitter and share nightmareica with your friends if you are able I'd really appreciate your support on patreon.com slash Aaron Sagers, where I also create tiki recipes, hold live streams, and share exclusive content. If you'd like to share your own paranormal stories or get paranormal advice for entertainment purposes only, email nightmericashow at gmail.com.